0: Hi, everyone. This episode was recorded a couple months ago, and it's releasing now near the end of February. But since then, um, one of our guests that appeared on the show, Jeremy, his family recently suffered through a house fire that um, unfortunately killed all of his pets. And him and his wife are just going through the insurance and dealing with contractors right now. And it has just been a plague on their family and I've known Jeremy a long time and he's extremely hard working and <laughs> he just can't catch a break and I'm just sorry I'm just sorry this happened and anybody listening if you'd like to support him there is a GoFundMe link I'll put down in the description if you could give anything help out tweet it out repost it anything it would be greatly appreciated listening to this episode and editing it. It was just nice to hear some genuine passion out of Jeremy, especially after talking with him so much and and just, you know, what's happened to his family is enough to defeat anybody. And I just wish the best on him because he's, you know, one of the best people I've ever met in my life and I wish him all the best. So if you guys could do anything, It would mean the world. Thank you. Hello and Merry Christmas, potentially. No, this will definitely come out after the holidays. But welcome, everybody, to episode... uh, I believe this will be 13. I'm really, like, not good at this because we've pre-recorded a ton of episodes. Uh, As of today, literally today, the Ocarina of Time episode came out. And I'm anticipating that this will come out in the new year. So happy New Year! Welcome to episode thirteen. Merry
1: 2022.
0: I have with me uh, a personal friend of mine, known him for a very long time. Uh, I went to middle school and high school with him, and him and his his me and his brother friends and him and I are friends so everyone give a big warm welcome to Eric Vincent. How's thank it going you, there? thank
1: you. Oh, you know, it's uh going pretty great. Holidays around the corner. New Final Fantasy expansion. You know, couldn't yes, be sir. better.
0: Dodging those uh Spider-Man spoilers. Exactly. And uh why don't you give everyone a little bio of Eric? Uh
1: yeah, so I am a as far as Dark Souls 3 goes, I'm pretty much a Dark Souls 3 purist. I <laughs> haven't played, played a bit of Dark Souls 2, but Dark Souls 1 Bloodborne I haven't touched. Not without uh, desire, but just haven't uh, gotten to that point yet. Uh, majority of the time, though, I tend to play, you know, PC games, uh, MMOs. Right now, my game of choice is Final Fantasy fourteen, So I've been pretty much enthralled with all of that. But I've yeah I've been playing video games for, you know, majority of my life and played a lot of single-player kind of story-based ones and yeah, never really thought myself as a you know that good at games but i decided to give dark souls 3 a shot and you know yeah it was uh very very much enjoyed it
0: and uh where are you from what do you do in life
1: uh so i am from the uh great town of tweed as uh, sternly knows uh <laughs> and uh currently I uh, reside in the Ottawa area, attending uh, university for software you're, engineering.
0: You're in Ottawa? I was there yesterday. Oh, really? Damn, I wish I knew that. I did not know you are in Ottawa. Like I said, I thought you were out right west with Carl.
1: No, no, yeah. I just went out there for a week to visit him. But, yeah, yeah majority of time in Ottawa. And, yeah. We'll see where I am after, because I graduated in the, in the spring. Oh, he good. would probably prefer I move out to uh, Vancouver. He uh, said, hey, you should come visit me, and then turned out to be a, pretty much a big sales pitch of why you yeah. should live here. But, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see where I end up.
0: Are you out there by yourself, or did you find people to live with?
1: Uh, Yeah, just out there by myself. I actually used to be, live there with Carl. Uh, we used to right, rent right. a place together. But actually, the... The people we rented from are good friends of ours. And I end up being a border there, so that uh, that's kind of how I ended up uh, up until you know until the spring, and then at that mm-hmm. point I'll see where I go from there.
0: And uh, we also have another guest with us today, and he is probably one of my oldest friends in the industry since I kind of started writing about games and and uh, being on Twitter all the time. Uh, Jeremy, I,
2: I can never pronounce your last name in. Oh, don't make me say my last name. It's Cradle Ball. <laughs> it, it looks harder than it really is. It's Cradle, then B A U G H.
0: Yeah. But, hello. And, uh, so, as we were saying earlier in the recording, <laughs> Jeremy has actually been on the show before. Just <laughs> once. He is
1: just. I was a ghost. <laughs> uncredited. He,
0: yeah, he was uncredited. We, we, uh, what do you call it? We.
2: Uh, quote unquote audio issues. I get, so that's what we call it.
0: We we edited you out. You said something. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say like you said something racist or something. <laughs> it so was a brand talking. risk. We just had, <laughs> we just had we just had bad bad audio issues. So, but uh, I mean, even though you've already done it in in the past, Jeremy, why don't you give everyone a, a little uh, bio about yourself?
2: Okay. Hi guys. I'm Jeremy. Um, not in the games industry I just like to jump on podcasts when I get invited Um, concerning Dark Souls I started playing Souls games back in 2018 with Bloodborne so way after the fact that they when they released uh, played Bloodborne loved it got the platinum for that jumped into Sekiro Sekiro in 2019 when it dropped got the platinum for that jumped into Dark Souls 1 got the platinum then moved to Dark Souls 3 that was about 2020. Uh, same thing, platinum, and then finally made my way to Dark Souls 2. Got the platinum for that. Still waiting for a PS5 for Demon Souls, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. I, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit because when I think of you, like you are an authority on, on. Uh, Soulsborn Games, Why, and you get like some of your tweets get a shit ton of engagement.
2: Yeah, I get like, I get lucky you,
0: sometimes, but yeah, they do. You are a pinnacle in the community.
2: Um, and and where are you from? What do you do? I'm in the U.S. I'm from Ohio. Um, I'm a electronics repair technician. Pretty much anything you see at a self checkout, I fix it. Really, really boring job, but I get to work with a bunch of great nerds, so it's it's. I like it. Hey,
0: it's something right Yeah. Anything to pay the medical bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: America sucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean Eric kind of already gave it away, but uh, today we're talking about Dark Souls 3. Um, and le- you guys, like we already said, you guys have a bit more history with it and knowledge than I do. So, I will be sitting out a bit more than usual this episode, but, um, Jeremy, what drew you to Souls specifically? Because, like I said, like, when you started, it seems like you kind of fell in love. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I'm pretty obsessed (laughs) with it. You should see my, like, game room. I have a whole display case full of just From Software and merch and stuff like that. I have rubber ducks from Dark Souls even. It's, I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing a picture of like all
0: your different versions of Bloodborne. I was like, "Yo, this is sick! <laughs> like, I want that."
2: Yeah, the, but like, <laughs> thing about I have uh, the problem I have with Bloodborne collectibles. It's just, it's always the hunter. I have a hunter Funko yeah. Pop. I have the Figma figures. I have a plush. I have all these hunters, and finally, Figma's doing a Lady Maria figure, and I am so excited. <laughs> But and, uh, to answer your, what drew you to it? Like, what, what, uh, what about the gameplay or uh, the aesthetic? I was very nervous playing Bloodborne. I was just kind of like trying to, um, kind of broaden my gaming horizons because I just joined Twitter, the gaming Twitter, back in 2017. So I was trying to get like a wide variety of games to play, and um, Dark Souls or not Dark Souls, but Bloodborne was the one. I put up a poll on Twitter saying should I play Bloodborne or Dark Souls first, and of course, people voted for Bloodborne because it's fantastic. But um, wasn't
0: wasn't twenty seventeen when it became free on PS Plus as well? Uh, Maybe it's twenty yeah, like late, late twenty seventeen,
2: early twenty eighteen. I, I yeah, think. but yeah, um, that's how I got it at least. Anyway, to answer your question, or like what hooked me is um, I've always been into like studying religions and mythology and. I was about to quit Bloodborne, honestly. I was getting super frustrated with it, but then, of course, as many people do, I found Vati, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good, and <laughs> it just, it filed it down from there. I started watching all his Bloodborne videos, all the Dark Souls stuff, and I was just hooked.
0: I think, for me, I kind of did the same thing, like, I, you know... Was journeying around Yarnum, like in the you know the starting area, and I was getting frustrated, and I felt like I was missing a lot. Like I felt like I wasn't exploring enough, so I booted up a guide and kind of played along with the guide, Mm -hmm. and it. I felt like I built like I don't remember who it was that I watched, but it was like a parasocial relationship, where I felt like going along with this journey, with this like let's play or not or like walkthrough going on. I felt like I was going through yarning with someone and I, I find like it's, it's kind of better. Like there is a lot you can miss in these games and it's easy to just not explore or not even understand what is going on yeah.
2: because there's a lot. I always encourage right. like new players to like use a guide because one of the most frustrating things and one thing that I think that keeps a lot of people from joining this wonderful fan base is When you die, you get sent back to your bonfire or your lantern. You have to go through it all over again. And you're just kind of like, I don't know where to go. But using a guide, I feel like it's it's so much easier because you're like, "Okay, he went here. I can follow kind of his path.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, something that a lot of people don't realize, I know I'm going a little bit off topic, is with things like guides, like just with the gaming audience in general, like, yes, you see a lot of people like you on twitter and people who are good at games and games are their lives but like 80 percent of the gaming audience is extremely casual and even even a lot of people who would play games like bloodborne or dark souls like you're going to have a lot of casual fans and as somebody who wrote guides and does write guides like every now and then i have written guides that are like how do you jump How do you block, like, literally such basic shit because some people just, they, they don't have the same, like, gears that turn in their brain like, like, you or me or Eric. Like, they just, they don't understand how some games work. And we'll, we'll get into this more a bit later, but that's just a little rant. Eric, what drew you to something like Dark Souls?
1: I I honestly don't really know how I ended up playing, so was it? I trying to remember I believe it was 2018 when I started playing Dark Souls 3 but it was I believe it was actually um it was like a year before I had attempted to play Dark Souls 3 because uh it, I actually uh humble bundle it was the for the humble bundle uh rec- like not that long ago and so I had I got the key with it and I was like oh well, I've always heard about the Dark Souls games. Dark Souls Three looks pretty good. I'm going to try it. I knew one of my friends had played it before, and so I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll see what these Dark Souls games are like." Because obviously, if most of the time, if you're you know at all involved in any gaming community, you tend to know about the Dark Souls games and their reputation for being these tests of gamer prowess and all that kind of comes along with it. So I was like, "Oh, I'll give it a shot." I. Mm-hmm. I so I started it and I got past uh I got to the first um the Boro Valley um boss. And so I got past um Gundyr. And for whatever reason so I got bored of the Boro Valley and for some reason I just wasn't really feeling it and so I stopped playing it. And I think it was yeah like a year later ooh, I just was like I kind of want to yeah I kind of want to try this again give it a go. And that time, like I started from scratch, like started a new new run and uh yeah, I don't know, it something clicked and I just never stopped playing it uh up until I had yeah, done everything. I mean, I'm not really one to uh well, uh Jeremy would say platinum or I would say, you know, complete 100% uh since I'm on PC, but I've never I don't usually do that for games dark souls 3 is one of the very few games i've ever 100 percented
2: yeah i only and, i only uh, do from software games i think i have yeah. two other platinums other than from self
1: games. <laughs> so it
2: i've
0: uh i've never platinum the game the the only thing i've come close to is final fantasy 13 and final fantasy 7 remake where i literally have one trophy for both games left mm-hmm. um but I, i'm curious eric because like you said you're very into games like final fantasy 14 and what i remember of you back in the day is that like you and carl would always talk about halo and stuff not like specifically jrpgs did were you already into these kind of games like high fantasy in, back in that day or did this influence you to go to games like final fantasy 14.
1: i honestly think it probably did not think of it i i found myself probably afterwards really kind of being drawn to kind of high fantasy but sometimes even the more I guess you could say like Berserk esque, like the more dark fantasy. Um, but mm, yeah. I, I mean, I was always into Halo. Like even even now, um, like you, you say how Jeremy has his room. He has all these, uh, you know, from software, Bloodborne collectibles. My room is all the all the different kinds of Halo editions. Like you can imagine, right? Statues and all that. <laughs> but I've always really been into Halo more for yeah. the story aspect more than the actual, um, like first-person shooter aspect, so I enjoy the multiplayer, and I enjoy the campaign, but I'm also, you know, big into the Mm -hmm. entire story, the books, and all that, and so I always kind of liked more narrative-driven games, and I never really expected Dark Mm -hmm. Souls 3 to be something like that, because you always kind of hear, oh, yeah, Dark Souls story, you know, not, you know, there's not a, you always hear there's not, like, a ton of story, which is completely false, because it's, there is a lot of story. it's just harder it's not given to you the same way and but i do think after that after dark souls 3 i did kind of want uh more out of a game like i feel like until Mm -hmm. i experienced final fantasy 14 story i hadn't i kind of like dark souls 3 kind of spoiled me spoiled me a bit with its narrative and which is why it's part of the reason why i always wanted to go to bloodborne but i never really played playstation games so until it comes to pc you know i i will probably not have the chance to but that always seems like the next step for uh, someone who likes dark souls 3 but yeah i do feel
0: I, th- I think i think both jeremy and i can attest that bloodborne is fucking incredible <laughs> i i can't wait till the day
2: that you play that game man so many holy shit moments in that game like what is going on it is just <laughs>
1: fantastic yeah i hear i hear Uh, nothing but good things about it and the whole yeah that whole um oh i I can't think of the horror genre but that usually lovecraftian yeah lovecraftian i like I, i yeah i sometimes will just watch a bunch of stuff about like lovecraftian horror and i i always yeah i'm always intrigued by it so when i found out that bloodborne also was kind of lovecraftian I was like, "Ooh, wow! Like this is this sounds like a game I would really like, except for being a PlayStation game." <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and and before we kind of move on, just because you know I, I don't have, it's kind of hard to relate to other people with this experience. But because you and I grew up in the same town, Eric, like, did you find growing up that it was hard to kind of talk about games in the sense of like? like yeah a bunch of my friends played games back in the day but I couldn't talk about things like Final Fantasy or Fire Emblem or you know stuff like this it was always just like all right come over and we'll like play Call of Duty for the weekend I guess like did you or or you know like you said were you just so focused on something like Halo back in the day did you can you kind of relate to these struggles or were they just not even a thing for you
1: I feel like the way the way I kind of adapted with liking Halo but I you know liking it for the story but it was also one of the more popular multiplayer games that I could kind of get away with oh yeah 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 let's talk about Halo like I play Halo multiplayer all the time I'll, you know you go to friends plays and play Halo with them so I was you know able to kind of um, you know kind of have my own interests but the interests also kind of aligned with others but it definitely yeah. is kind of the case where I do remember uh, especially I would say probably um I, even even into high school um but pre high school especially it was very much Halo and Call of Duty in high school I had one friend who played the Dark Souls games and he he always you know would talk he, like he always would try to talk to somebody about it but I was probably one of those people who also you know didn't really venture too far out of you know the the classic kind of western games like uh I mean when I was younger, um, I remember playing Final Fantasy X. Uh, this was, yeah, I might have been eight, seven or eight. And Damn. that was probably the only other time I played, like, that That was the only time I ever played, like, a Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think, like, I, I feel like I probably was one of those people starting that wasn't really giving much attention to, you know, the more <laughs> JRPG side of things. Because I always thought of them as more, you know, turn-based And I always thought of turn base as something as simple as Pokemon. And and I I feel even even now, when it comes to like Final Fantasy games especially, since fourteen, I have a lot more appreciation for the entire franchise as a whole. Because I start to look into it now and seeing
0: Seven remakes coming to PC, so you yeah, can play yeah, it. No, Damn, I'm, I'm, I'm getting.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely getting that and playing that. And Hell I have, yeah. I have the Pixel remasters for Final Fantasy One. I think six is coming out soon, and oh, so I, I've been playing a bit of one. Um, I unfortunately i two too enthralled with fourteen to actually go to one, like because it's like, oh, you know, 14 <laughs> is just, you know, it's it's amazing, but yeah, but even just the, even just from one and two and three like i've been looking like watching all these videos on them and seeing how the turn based system is set up with like the rows and and mm-hmm. it's not as rudimentary as i thought it was and so i was i'm actually you know it's actually opening up my eyes to what i thought was something i wouldn't really be into yeah but it's definitely something that i've only learned now and not back then because yeah back then it was like oh yeah get a 360 get a first person shooter game. Maybe play <laughs> Skyrim if you're into, you know, RPGs, but a lot of a lot of western stuff, right? Yeah. I feel it's only with Dark Souls 3 it was probably one the probably one of the few eastern or originated games that I've played. And then since then, I I think I've always wanted some more of that kind of storytelling that you seem to get from some of these uh non-western uh publishers and developers, but it's it's like
0: the the age old meme like oh JRPG first mission save a cat last mission slay god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, I was I was even watching oh what was it I was watching a video on the new Final Fantasy XIV expansion. Um, no no spoilers obviously, but they had brought up it's like yeah Final Fantasy they they love to slay god in that. <laughs> if you're not slaying god, are you really playing a Final Fantasy game?
0: <laughs> uh before we kind of move on i remember uh back in the day so jeremy dark souls 3 came out 2016? Yeah, 2016 Yeah, 2016. yeah so uh i graduated high school in 2015 and then did an extra year and i remember in my ComTech class i had uh duncan was in my class And Duncan was, like, a huge Souls guy, right, Eric? Like, Mm. he was always talking about it. And him and his friends would always watch, like, Bloodborne videos in class and be talking about, like, their builds and, like, oh, Dark Souls 3 is coming up. I was just like, man, this game looks weird as fuck, but it looks super (laughs) cool. Like, I remember seeing all the cool-ass weapons in, like, Bloodborne. I was like, yo, this looks sick. I was like, I'm just not interested. Like, I got other stuff going on. But... I just, like, I remember seeing, like, I, I guess the reason I'm bringing it up is the question I asked you earlier. Like, like back in the days of fucking Madoc High School, like, you just didn't see a lot of people talk about that, even if they were into it. Because, like, you know, we were surrounded by, like, these kind of dick hockey guys who would, like, <laughs> shut you down for liking anything that wasn't fucking the NHL. Sorry, <laughs> like, being, yeah. being from yeah.
2: America, just... It's weird hearing about dick hockey guys cuz we have all dick football players here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, here <laughs> it is. It is dick hockey hockey guys for sure. Like, you know, chewing tobacco and being a little racist and you know,
2: all the good stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jeremy, have you ever watched Letterkenny? Uh,
2: I have not watched Letterkenny. Should I watch okay. it?
1: Okay. Uh it's it's good, but there in Letterkenny there's the kind of um the kind of country guys and then there's like the hockey guys and they're like separate people and they tend to like you know have a, a bit of tension between them my memories of high school was that they were they were they weren't two separate people they were combined they were both country yeah. guys and hockey guys at the <laughs> same time
0: <laughs> yo but, we um we were telling uh andrew from my other podcast like what letter kenny was and he was like okay and then we made him watch it and he like really <laughs> liked it it was so funny and he's like He's like, no, like it can't, I, like Canada can't actually be like this. We're like, no, this is like so spot on. Like these guys who made the show, like, are down the road. Like they're yeah. in Sudbury. Like you can go and go to. Like I could drive to Sudbury right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's, so it's one of those shows. Jeremy, it's you gotta so watch funny. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: so good. It's it, it's like Trailer Park Boys, but way more realistic. Like Trailer <laughs> Park Boys is like a huge dramati- dramatization of like. I don't know kind of like weed culture but this is like so small town like spot <laughs> anyway um jeremy what drew you to the kind of dark souls way of storytelling like it is so not background noise but you know it, it's not it, it's not the same like final fantasy cutscene heavy mm-hmm. in your face
2: i think it's just the mystery aspect of it like, you never fully understand everything about these games. Like, I was mm-hmm. just looking up Dark Souls 3 fan theories, and half of them were like, I could see that working, because their, yeah. the descriptions and everything, like, nothing ever comes to, like, a satisfactory, like, conclusion. And I think just trying to piece it together for myself is just one of the most fascinating things about it. I, I think... Because... That's why I like stories.
0: Like I, I will always love, you know, things like TV shows and games where there's like a central mystery pushing the plot. I think it's one of the greatest ways to tell a narrative. But with Dark Souls, it's like everything's a mystery. <laughs> like you know the, the the main plot, and they kind of give a description of what's going on at the start or motivation. Mm-hmm. But everyone you meet and everywhere you go, there's something kind of new, and it almost feels like nothing. You're, ever comes to that conclusion like like nothing is ever satisfying in the sense of like alright I don't want any more of this like I feel like I've gotten everything it's like there's always something else pushing you forward to be like yo this is kind of cool man yeah,
2: it's, <laughs> I, wish, you, I wish I could learn more you, you're always asking yourself like why why is this here who are you yeah. like what is this place how did it get to be like this why does that guy have it was Why is he breathing fire? Just anything.
0: Yeah. Um, and because, like you said, you have a bit more experience with the series as a whole, how do you think it kind of evolved from, you know, Dark Souls 1 to 2, and what it kind of took from Bloodborne? Because from what I hear, Dark Souls 3 is a bit more faster paced than, than past games.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty fast paced. Um, Just looking at, like, Dark Souls 1, um... That game feels heavy. Like, everything (laughs) feels so weighty in it. It it is so clunky, but just... (laughs) Even Dark Souls 2 continues kind of with that clunkiness because they added, um, adaptability to it, to where even you're drinking your Estus flasks, it's just, you're, like, raising your arm to your face takes, like, three seconds, and then lowering it back down but like you were saying, I think it just took everything from Dark Souls 1 and the good aspects of Dark Souls 2 and just the fast-paced action from Dark or Bloodborne and just melded it all into one big amazing game.
0: Mm-hmm. And what is that fan service that you mentioned earlier like what is just it about dark Souls? so
2: many callbacks to the original game like um fighting the enemies the some of the bosses just look like artorias from the first game are we allowed to spoil things on here are we doing spoilers yeah yeah of course okay <laughs> just that moment when you're jumping back in the Orlando and like it you go up in the tower and it spins around you're like i'm back here <laughs> and just some of the other things like fighting in, when you're in um, the Farron Keep or whatever and you go up and you're on the bridge that leads to the un- Undead Parish in Dark Souls 1 you're like that's the dragon that killed me like 40 times on the bridge <laughs> it's just like it has so many callbacks to the original game it's, and because it had been 5 years and because Dark Souls 1 was such a pillar it's just it's amazing Mm-hmm. seeing all those
0: and why don't you give us like a little rundown of sort of because you know like getting into the game even for somebody like me or Eric it does it, the game does portray this sense of like finality like things are coming to an end uh can you kind of describe like what that end is or, or kind of the uh overarching narrative of what is going on
2: yeah um so you're basically you're trying to return the Lords of Cinder to their thrones. So one of them might eventually um, rekindle the fire that Gwen lit so many years and decades ago, so many ages ago, and they're all refusing to continue this age of fire. They're ready for it to end. And so you have to make that ultimate choice at the end. Are you going to let it go or are you going to keep the cycle returning? And it's just it feels like the end, but it feels like—I mean—you could have had infinite more cycles and just kept going and going with it. But I think it does come to a satisfactory ending. And
0: the thing that gets me is like, aren't the Lords of Cinder like? Wouldn't when, when they be just and, and not wanting like the world of Dark Souls
2: Three just seems so shitty. I just burned like, once; I don't have to do it again. Is that yeah. what happened? Yeah, Is that yeah. why there's, like, yeah. such a state of despair? Yeah, and if you even talk to, like, um, the guy who's sitting up there, like, to begin with, Ludlith, he's, like, he... Talking to him, you can see how much suffering he dealt with just lighting the fire one time. hmm And, I mean, you can see all these other Lords of Cinder, like, not wanting to come back. And the reluctance and the Prince Lothric not even wanting to do it once. He's like, I want this to end. And...
0: Just doing like does doing that like burn the world or is that because there's so much
2: symbolism it keeps <laughs> the world going
0: okay okay
2: it uh and so if if you let it go eventually another flame will spark up or the flame will rekindle somehow and start another age mm-hmm. which is why people were kind of wondering back when Dark Souls one ended back in 2011 they're like how are they gonna continue this if you if you don't light the flame again?
0: yeah so yeah it's just so there's a, a canon ending then yeah it's,
2: it's never ending cycle
0: um eric like where kind of were you in life when you first discovered dark souls 3 like do you have a? is this game kind of ingrained in the sense of what you were doing at the time or uh kind of what stage you're in at life because well to give i guess to give a little context like you're a few years younger than me, and actually, I think you are. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a guest younger than me on the show. Everyone's always been older or much older. Jeremy, I think you're in your thirties, uh, right? I'm thirty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I I feel like this game kind of hit you, Eric, in a bit more formative time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I I do think it is. I do think about Dark Souls three fondly because I feel like it. It came at such an interesting time uh, mm. So It was the, This was second Second year of university And uh, Yeah it, it was So the year before um, Like first year of university Wasn't what I would call like an ideal year Like it pretty much Kind of went downhill uh, yeah. There was some uh there's some family medical issue matters at in the second half of the year. That really, you know, really took me away from school and really kind of uh, studies weren't doing well. And then this was in the second half of second year. So this was in the winter or spring. And it was, there was um, a family death as well. So it wasn't, the year wasn't going to a great, like going to end as well either, but for whatever and reason and
0: you were like yo I'm going to play this very happy game yeah
1: I don't yeah I don't know why it, but it but for some weird reason the like the game actually like made me actually not be quite as um quite as uh, how would you say I wasn't I quite yeah I wasn't quite as somber I wasn't quite as <laughs> like I didn't um Nothing could be as depressing as this. Exactly. And, but even nothing could be as hard as this. <laughs> like I was thinking, well if I can if I can kill uh uh Oh like names are failing me now. If I uh if I couldn't kill if I could kill the Abyss Watchers, I could do anything. That was basically my mindset, right? And that was my mindset throughout the rest of it. And I start playing this like maybe like maybe two weeks before exams and i was playing this exams. exam Damn. <laughs> there's a rabbit but hole for for some weird reason i that was like the that was like the best i had done like since i started because i would be like okay you know like you usually by usually at that point of the year you would be pretty low on motivation you'd be pretty low in drive you're like oh like i'm so like done especially when you have other life stuff going on it really kind of brings you to a low point where you're like ah oh, like i can't do this like I am going to try to do the bare minimum and just get by, but it was like, well, you know what? I can if I can do abyss watchers, I can I can study for this exam. I can I can take on this this exam and you know study and you know do well. And that's that was my mindset, right? For whatever reason, one of the most like kind of depressing stories and one of the most depressing games was like, oh, you know what? You can actually do something even if it seems like you can't. Even if it seems like oh, like in the game, right? You're unkindled. Like, what are you to these lords of Cinder? How are you supposed to bring them back? But yet you do not without you know, not without difficulty, because that's uh, part of the game, right? Is it spo- like it is hard and it is a struggle, and you do, you know, you do get knocked around. You do fail a bunch of times, but the important mm-hmm. thing is that you're constantly redoing it. You're constantly learning, and so I feel like in a way it was probably one of the best studying motivational tools ever because it was like oh yeah that's that's exactly what you need to do you just gotta persevere you got to learn from your mistakes and eventually you'll you know come out on top so yeah and I often I still think probably Dark Souls 3 is one, one of it is one of my favorite games ever but I do mm-hmm. think it is because of the I guess what I got out of it was I got more out of this game than probably any other game because of time it came at, and also the effect it had on my out of game life, and not it wasn't just something I enjoyed while I played, but it's something that actually uh, improved my overall kind of uh, mood, my overall work ethic outside of the game as well.
0: I just I apologize if this joke is inappropriate, but I just imagine like you coming home from a funeral, you sit down, and you're like, damn, I got exams coming up, like, life just fucking sucks right now. And then, like, the Rocky theme starts playing, and you just pick up a controller and start <laughs> Dark Souls. It's like, <laughs> like, man, you literally were like, yo, I'm going to make my life more hard. <laughs> I'm going I'm to do something that challenges me even more. <laughs> like, kudos to you, man. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, I, I still don't know what was going through my mind when I decided to play it. <laughs> well, you are right. I did pick up a controller, because if you play Dark Souls 3 with a mouse and keyboard, uh, good on you, but I'm never going to put myself through that.
0: <laughs> and and Jeremy, what about you? Because like I said, you're a bit older than us, and I I, I feel like people don't uh, attribute games to like memories and kind of times when you're older, right? Because you've got a lot more going on when you're older, compared to when you're younger, when Memories and things you were doing are much more like formative to who you are but You know, I've known you for a while and it's like This series is a big part of who you are and what you like and sort of the community you've built around it So how did it kind of like affect you?
2: Well, I remember like I can remember specific times when I started playing games and like what years they were because I was at a job I just couldn't stand I was working in childcare and yeah, it, I remember, was, I remember. It was just mentally exhausting every day, and I was just miserable. And I just remember, that's when I, like, I had a little more free time back then, but um, mm-hmm. I just remember I was sitting in, in our computer lab, because I was, like, the computer lab teacher, and while all the other kids were just doing their own thing, watching slime videos or whatever, <laughs> I, was, the fuck? I was sitting there <laughs> watching, like, Bloodborne lore videos and stuff like that. And so, I mean, yeah, I'm a little older, but just having this always there as, like, a constant I can go to during the stress, more stressful parts of my life is just something I'm never going to forget, even when I'm, like, 60 and playing Bloodborne still. <laughs> Some
0: Something I, I don't feel people give enough uh, credit to is, is just the sort of distraction that things like this can can uh, give you right like you said you just being in the computer lab um and for me a couple years ago like i same situation i i was working at this job that i hated like it was the worst time of my life like mentally and just personally but during my lunch break for 30 minutes i watched a Bloodborne let's play and it was just the greatest distraction like i i looked forward to that every day because the episode would come out like, ten minutes before I got on lunch, and it was every day, and it'd be, like, the thing I just really enjoyed. Um, so I, I definitely get what you mean. <laughs> I, I just have this image of, like, kids just fucking around around you, just, like, in on the computers watching porn or something, and you're just, like, enamored with, like, a Dark Souls video. <laughs> you're not even paying attention.
2: <laughs> I mean, I wasn't the best teacher, but I wasn't that terrible. <laughs> but, no, I, I imagine I had... Uh, like i would i'm still friends with some of the older kids i had because i did like through middle school too and i'm friends with some of them on playstation and i just remember yeah. having one of them like hey can i try this so i'm like yeah you can try this so he kind of whatever it is remote access my playstation and we were playing dark souls 1 and Neon Dead burg and he hit that first bonfire and went back out and he's like Holy shit, they all respawn. I gotta do that again! (laughs) It was the best moment, I'm like, yeah, have fun. And he's like, I'm done, I'm just done with this.
0: And he, he, you know, he looks to you, and he's like, What does this make you become? And (laughs) just behind your tired eyes, you're like, a man. This is everything. (laughs) Uh,
1: nothing but suffering ahead. That's adulthood, though.
0: Well, apparently you wanted that, Eric, (laughs) like,
1: fuck. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, your life can't be as... There's there's not much that would make your life probably as miserable as the Unkindled in Dark Souls 3.
0: (laughs) And, like, how do you think a a game like that incentivizes you to just keep going forward? Like, even in-game, like... Because the story and the atmosphere of the game, like we've said, is hella depressing. And is filled with despair, so, like... What motivates you in game to go
1: forward? For me personally, like, yeah, the game, I don't feel like, honestly, the narrative wants you to go forward. They do want you to bring the Lords of Cinder back to the throne. They want the flame to be rekindled. But, yeah, but, yeah but, everything, but, everything, but, everything, even the Lords of Cinders themselves, their behavior, even when you also look at, uh, like, the Lothric, like, the prince who wouldn't even light the flame in the first place you wouldn't, you wouldn't, they don't really encourage you, but I feel it's, like for me, it was kind of this, kind of I wanted to see how far I could push it because Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I can beat this boss, but can I beat the next boss, right? And, or, oh this, like this was tough, but can I you know, am I, when will I reach that wall where I have to like have to quit? Because I I obviously didn't go into it with a lot of confidence, right? Like I wasn't too confident my uh my gaming skill gaming prowess because you know you do hear a lot about how dark souls is a difficult game and i've never been one to really put myself into you know difficult games like i mean maybe sometimes i'd play a bit of halo legendary but i would just stick to normal because you know who, who would, like some of you don't really want to challenge some of you just want to enjoy the story but with this one it was yeah it was kind of different i I enjoyed the fact it was hard because it was like okay, how, yeah, like let me test myself, right? How far can I go? And I feel that was the reason I went all the way to the end. Um, Obviously, it was, you know, part of it was to see how the game plays out, and but the other part was to see, could I, yeah, can I actually beat this game?
0: Well, yeah, it's like a, it's like a test in a sense, like because you do like almost every boss, you hit that wall of. Man, I don't know if I can do this. Like this seems he seems kind of unfair, cheap, or maybe I'm just not good enough, but then you do do it and you're like, "Yo, I did it, hell yeah." And then like, you know, you're walking around, or you light the bonfire and you're like, "Alright, what's next? <laughs> what can I do now, man?" Like and it's it's and it's just so and it's kind of euphoric in that sense, right? Like Yeah. Some of the hypest moments cuz you know, Dark Souls is that game where walking around like it's kind of quiet there's nothing really going on in the background and then you get in that boss room and the music just fucking you know it's like it's like Bugs Bunny in that that uh, <laughs> in that Looney Tunes thing where he's like the maestro and he's like making the music go louder like that's you know it's just blaring around yeah. you and things get epic and and or you know you, the music's going and you defeat the boss but then he has a second phase and you're like yo this is how it's fuck <laughs> And then when you finally do it, it's like, it's euphoric. You're like, holy shit, man. That was, that was like, like, I remember back uh, a couple months ago. Actually, uh, I I think it was when we recorded for, uh, right before the Bloodborne episode. Like, I was playing again. And even though I've beaten the game many times and, like, I know where everything is and I, I could mostly do all the bosses in one go. Like, you know, it was... I was arrogant, and I went into a boss, and I was like, I got this. And it checked me, and it was like, mm-hmm. no, no, you don't, man. So I did it again, and it was like, you know, it. Dark Souls does that thing where it's like, you're on a sliver of health, and the boss has a sliver of health, and you're like, yo, one of us has one more hit, <laughs> and I need to fucking get it. And it's just, I don't know, it's sick as fuck. But, um, Jeremy, how do you think the game kind of, like incentivizes you to explore because there is no mini map there's no guiding light telling you where to go or what to do for the next side quest or how to help an
2: npc like i think it's a little bit what i touched on earlier it's just one big mystery like you want to know what's around that corner Mm -hmm. And then just seeing the level design of these games, like, you're kind of, if you've played a FromSoft game, you want to know, like, how is this area going to connect to all the other areas? So you're kind of trying to find tunnels or stairs or hidden ladders, just so you can get back to that one bonfire you hit 20 minutes ago. And I think just rewarding players with that kind of incentive, it keeps people going. Yeah, and
0: and, uh, like things like
2: npcs
0: especially in games like bloodborne or dark souls 3 like they're always in the nook and crannies like they're (laughs) always so far off the beaten path like i i think one of the first npcs you meet in dark souls is that guy in the in the jail and it's like the game doesn't push you towards him he's like down a ladder and down a long hall and then you have to find the key to unlock Mm -hmm. him and then you can talk to him it's not like you meet him and he's like oh please help me and find this key it's like you just have to remember when you do find the key, because it's somewhere obscure. You have to be like, I think this is for the cell with that guy mm-hmm. in it, and then it becomes like this whole thing, and it's and it's sick. I love it. I love that that
2: style of quest in a sense. It also kind of makes you scared because you're like, like I was doing um, the Henri quest line earlier and just trying to like remember all the like really particular areas she's or she or he depending on what you picked it to, to start with. Um, depending on what you were, or that's what she is or he is. But anyway, just like not wanting to miss where these NPCs are because if you miss them, certain NPCs won't progress their storyline. And then once you get to a certain part of the game, you just you miss out until you start your next playthrough. And it's just right. it's scary because playing Dark Souls 2, there's one that you, there's, um, I think her his name or her name is Mura. And, um, she's in four or five particular spots and if you miss one of those spots and talk to her like at the end of the game where she's standing like you can't progress any further you miss her item or whatever she was going to give you and you can know you have to start all over again if you want to get the uh, achievement or whatever
1: yeah, yeah going it's... for that secret ending in dark souls 3 was quite <laughs> stressful because is like, you, you have to do it very specifically. You can't miss any parts of... Especially with um, Henri. And, uh, yeah, it was... That that part I definitely had to pull out a guide for because I knew, you know, I, I wasn't going to know exactly where everything was. And I I do think I actually messed it up once and I had to redo it all over again on, like, the next New Game Plus yes, run through.
0: <laughs> what but, what does it entail? Because I, I've never even gotten close.
1: Uh, you get married. Yeah, you get what? what? that's fun you, you stab her. <laughs> you st- <laughs> yeah it's quite a wedding <laughs> and uh yeah and the uh actually I still have the screenshot from the ending because was quite I was quite happy when I finally got it yeah, where you become you like kind of
2: the lord of hollows or whatever
1: yeah and you like rise up and there's like the eclipse behind you and there's all the people like bowing before you and I don't I forget what it means like lore wise but it was quite <laughs> it was quite it was quite a spectacle after uh, you beat the game
0: and i'm guessing the way you get to that ending is like incredibly obscure it, it
2: really is you got to do like six different things just in the first half of the game you got to kill yourself so many times so you can get Yuria with Landa to come there and then you got to do Honori's quest yeah. line right it's just a headache
1: <laughs> yeah, i think get the and you have to make sure i I think you'll Londor, also you have to make sure you talk to him yeah. when you first go to the place with all the pilgrims, or the dead bodies of the pilgrims. which I, it, do- I think if you don't talk to him, he dies among the other pilgrims, since you don't kind of... Do you know why yeah, they have does- those
2: big rocks on their back? I just learned I this think, today.
1: Uh, I I don't remember. All I know is that the pilgrims love just to suffer. <laughs> that they, seems to be their whole thing.
2: They do it so when, it, when they fall over from exhaustion and they go hollow... They're just stuck. They can't move. They can't hurt anybody. Oh, like, that's so depressing. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. They, the pilgrims are. Yeah, very. It's one of those things, right? And even with the bosses, you, you like the classic, the classic uh, cycle of playing Dark Souls three. In my, from my experience was, oh, I beat this boss. Now, now I can actually look at it because sometimes I don't really want to see how the boss fights before I get there. Mm-hmm. And so then I see a Vati video on it. So at first I'm like, yeah, I yeah, killed the boss. And then you watch the battery video and you're like, oh no, I, don't want I kill killed you. this guy. <laughs> I am so incredibly sad. <laughs> he didn't deserve it or it just, or their backstory is just so sad. And you don't it. know until you, yeah, look into it.
0: I, uh, because I started playing Dark Souls 3, like before we recorded this and I got to, you know, the big bridge right before the undead settlement. And like at the end, there's like you know all the pilgrims.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Uh, and I was I was going through because you know I've already beaten the game, but I didn't do like any side stuff. Like I really just played the main thing and got through the story. So I was like, yo, I don't want to like miss all these NPCs and side quests. And you know he got to that part, and there's actually one pilgrim you can talk to, and he'll stand up, and he's like an NPC that comes back to the shrine. And and again, it's just like I would have missed this. If i wasn't watching a walkthrough mm-hmm. but it's just it, it's funny that you brought up the pilgrim yeah um, because
1: yeah he, he there's a bunch of dead pilgrims there so you wouldn't think that actually one still alive but yeah he's just no he's, it's, he's it's there. like literally
0: <laughs> hidden in plain sight yeah it's so good uh one of my favorite things like uh i said about this game is is firelink shrine that mm. i'm calling it the right thing right yeah yeah, yeah because like I remember my first playthrough, because, you know, the, the girls there and the blacksmith and 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 a couple NPCs, but it's, it's, like, this big open area, and I was like, yo, why is there all this space? Like, why is this place so big if there's nothing in it? And then I was like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to fill this with other characters. <laughs> and doing it this time, like, uh, I think I'm only, like, five or six or seven hours in, and I've gotten, like two or three NPCs that I didn't even know were in the game, like I said, with the pilgrim person. Um, I don't know. I, I find that sense of progression of... Because, you know, Jeremy, you do it in uh, Bloodborne as well with, with the chapel, right? Yeah, like the cathedral ward,
2: you bring them all back, and it's kind of a hot spot for everybody or a hub. Yeah, but in this one, it's even cooler because, like, A lot of these people are merchants, or they do things for you. They go to different cities and steal things. (laughs) Patches even. Wait, they do? Yeah. Uh, Gray Rat.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Gray Rat. They're... Some of the most... I find Dark Souls 3, what I really like about it, and especially... I think one of the reasons I 100%ed it, like, is because doing the NPCs, like, storylines, can be some of the most, like, interesting, but also some of the most depressing side stories in Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. Like, uh like um gray rat and uh like um do you remember the uh, Irina quest line with uh where you basically force her to corrupt herself with these dark tomes in order to get the uh in order to get them from her you you bring these Braille books to her oh yeah yeah, and yeah. it's like this so certainly for context there's um do you remember before you go to the elevator where you first meet uh Siegfried?
2: Yeah, uh, Siegfried yeah that, the Onion Knight. Where uh, the guy with the big hammer is Aegon, yeah. Or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Sterling, so where Aegon is, there's a. She, he is kind of in. Watching vigil over uh, Irena, who's in the cell near it. I don't know if you ever walked in that area where Aegon was kind of protecting. But uh, you were able to eventually unlock that door, same way you can unlock the door where Grey Rat is. And, uh, she Mm -hmm. comes to the shrine, but you can bring her, uh, tomes, these braille books that you get throughout the rest of the game. And, but these books are very, like, they're kind of, uh, she, she shows a lot of, she doesn't like them. Like it, it kind of scares her because they're very like dark books, like forbidden tomes. And eventually it gets to the point where, uh, you, you go and you have to fight Aegon and you, you take his armor and she, she's like, incre- like I, I'm trying to remember now, but she, uh, she basically well, begs. Th-
0: this is the guy who's like right outside the elevator place, yeah. right? Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's so cool. Like when I, he was probably one of the most interesting characters to me, like not knowing anything about him. Cause he just had really cool armor. And I was like, wow, there's some people well, here that actually seem like they know what they're doing here. And he's like, yo, you should just crawl back in your crypt and, you know, <laughs> lay low. I'm like, "Ah, oh, maybe I should I remember, do that.
0: Because <laughs> when you find her, right, and then talk to her, and then you come up and you're right beside him. And he's like, yo, I will fuck you up if you do anything bad. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're like, all I do is talk to her.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so I... you, there are two paths. You can be the good guy and not corrupt her with these incredibly dark tomes. Uh, and but if you do, then Aegon will attack you because you know you, you are harming her. You are harming like her kind of spirit. And but it gets to the point where she is so, uh, she she just she's just sitting there. And if she like she's blind, so you 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 have the option to touch her. But if you touch her without yeah. Aegon's gauntlet, she doesn't respond to you because she doesn't know you. But if you touch her with Aegon's gauntlet, she thinks you're Aegon. And she begs for you to end her life because she is like Whoa. the state she's in and it's one of those things that i would never do because i'm not i don't do s- sorcery and stuff so i wouldn't really have any reason to be giving her these tomes because i don't use any miracle type spells but since you're 100 you're kind of forced to do it and i'm just like man this is just <laughs> this is too much <laughs> like <laughs> i don't <laughs> want to do it but i gotta get that achievement <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's it, it's like that meme of the guy like you know and he's crying but he's holding the gun. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, like, exactly. You don't want it, but yeah, I got it. <laughs> like, oh yes, I need all the miracles. <laughs> you don't understand.
0: Uh, but you did mention, you know, how she's like blind and braille. I don't know. It seemed, like very religious to me. And Jeremy, you kind of mentioned that you like studying stuff like that, like religion and and mythology. Does Does this game relate to any stuff like that in a way that? you know or could like explain
2: not really it's more dark and gritty where I, I most of my studies have been around christianity so just suffering and stuff like that could be relatable but nothing too serious i don't know it, it, this game just seems so fundamentally
0: i guess like christian it's i don't know it, it, it like to me even in something like bloodborne like everything just seems so symbolic of something but uh, I guess in Bloodborne, you know, like we said, it's more uh, Lovecrafty and stuff. But th- it just seems like the mythologies of this world are so well crafted and like thought out that it could be a religion, for God's sake. I'd worship it. <laughs> <bet. Jeez>. <laughs> 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 so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sometimes feel about thinking about becoming a sun bro and worshipping the sun.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. And I'm curious, Jeremy, just from some more of the the personal stuff we've talked about, and like we we've said earlier, like this game is is so clearly built with not a lot of happiness in mind. (laughs) So, you know, you work a lot, you got a lot going on, you're married, you got a house, like why and how does this
2: game bring you joy? (laughs) I have no idea. It's just it it just (laughs) strikes those right chords like I don't even know. Like, I like seeing my character get stronger. I, like, keep, like, I like to be, what's the word? I like to persevere. I like to see myself get better. I like to challenge bosses, lose to them several dozen times, and finally figure out the strategy to beat them. I feel like the reward system in it just gives me that gratification I need to, like, make myself happy. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a constant, like, just being able to sit down, like, before this podcast, or you asked me to run the podcast, I wasn't playing anything, and I'm like, I don't really have time to play games, so I just popped in Dark Souls 3, and I put 12 hours, 14 hours in, in a week, and I'm like, this is the most I've played of, out of in the last, like, two months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh there's a sense of, I guess, like, progression and reward in the sense of, it's nothing tangible right and i i feel like people who don't play games don't really get that mm-hmm. like because i i wrote an article on this quite a while ago i think when animal crossing first came out and i i had this conversation with my mom once too and, and it's like you, you know these things give you a sense of accomplishment accomplishment much faster than real life ever could <laughs> like there's whole this whole sense in life and and maybe Eric you can kind of attest to this too since we're a bit younger but like things like owning a house just seems so much more impossible these days or or you know owning a house and just being able to do whatever you want with it I can go and do that in Animal Crossing like I can build a world that I like and can enjoy And yeah of course it's not the same as owning my own house but it's like it's it's mine and i did it and i put in the time to make it work and yeah it's a video game but i have something to show for it and like i can invite my friends to it and, and it, it's it is kind of the same in dark Souls, cuz like you said it's like i get to see my character get better and level up and i get to feel like i'm improving as a player and uh you know if uh, i'm rewarded for exploring and getting more npcs to come to the shrine and and getting items from them and stuff like that. And,
2: and I think that just sense of knowing you're gonna get better is one of the best feelings. Because I mean, in life, you can work your butt off and do all these things, but it's gonna bite you. It's gonna get hard. Whereas playing these games, like you you know you're going to get better. You can't get any worse. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can't get possibly, so- can't possibly get any worse yet. I, I do agree though. Uh, Sterling, uh, where I remember seeing a uh, YouTube short, maybe it was a TikTok originally, where it's like, yeah, I like to play, I like to play video games because it lets me do things that I wouldn't normally be able to do in real life. It's like, oh yeah, like ride dragons, like slay big monsters. It's like, no, owning a house. <laughs> and <they're> like, oh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's it is quite interesting. Like owning a house. Like, um, I remember when I. Uh, finally, was able to buy a house in Final Fantasy XIV, which I don't know if you've ever uh, touched or heard of any of that stuff in Final Fantasy XIV Sterling, but the housing system is absolutely terrible, and you basically have to yeah,
2: set.
1: Yeah, and that I would I I think I started like seven o'clock in the evening, and I think it was like maybe six or seven in the morning that I actually was able to get the yeah. house, and there were probably the last time I felt that accomplished and that good about something from a video game was probably when I beat um probably when I beat uh Dancer of the Boro Valley in Dark Souls three where I was just so happy. It was so great. I was like, yes I finally I have a house and I was like it's like yeah (laughs) I I joke that it's as hard as getting a house in real life, but I still think uh just as difficult.
2: I was more stressed out buying my house than I have ever been in Dark Souls at that (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, it's definitely within a like Sterling says, within a small kind of shortened Hello? uh time span where you know, with fighting a boss, it's like learning the skill where you, yes, you're going, you're you sometimes have to fail a couple times to you know, eventually overcome it with Dark Souls, it's in a very short period of time and not over a number of years and you do have that confidence that you will eventually succeed. Unlike in real life where, yeah, you could, you could fail and you might always fail. And that's a bit scary. Whereas in the game, you know, eventually you'll, you know, usually overcome any obstacle.
2: So, um, Dark Souls 3 was your first Souls experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I seen a post the other day that said um, like your f- first From Software game is always your favorite, and I found that, that that's true because Bloodborne was my first. And I'm like, this is the best game. It's not gonna get any better than that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's people say that too about like Final Fantasy games as well. But I think with uh, From Software games, I can I can see that because they are quite special and quite unique. And I feel like the first time you're introduced to that is so different than what you're used to. That you just have that kind of... It's that, that uh,
2: system shock.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like, wow, this this, this is how... this is. You can tell a story this way, like, through items. Like, <laughs> you don't need to give me all the answers, but we can theorize as if we don't... Like, we don't need to know all the answers.
2: And I, I love the story behind, like, why he, Miyazaki did that. Just, like, learning... I think he was learning English or some other language. No, I was reading English books or watching... English television. He's like, I couldn't understand everything they were saying. So I had to pick up context clues. So that's kind of how he wanted to design the game.
1: Yeah, it almost reminds me uh, like I I do enjoy sometimes uh, watching or listening to podcasts or learning about kind of ancient history. And there are a lot of things from, you know, ancient times like, you know, like the BC or like Roman uh, or even before with like Babylonians, where you have you have moments of time where there are a lot of things that were lost to time and there are a lot of things that weren't recorded. So you have to make assumptions and you have to in- infer what, you know, reasons or what actually went down, but you will never know 100%. And so f- for for a game like Dark Souls or farm software games to also be like that, I find is probably one of the most, you know, realistic lore that you can have where yes we have clues but you know things get lost not like especially in like a world like dark like in the Dark Souls world where there's so much destruction and so much sadness and there's this constant cycle going on and mm-hmm. all of this like history but yet there's you do there are mysteries that will never be solved but you can theorize and there's as much evidence to support it as it is there is to you know against it I, I like it when Batty always would say that about a specific um, topic. Where he's like, Yeah, you can it's there's that there's any yeah. There's as much evidence to support your theory and there's as much evidence to disprove it. So you can just pick whatever you would prefer. Uh
2: update on Sterling, he said he got kicked off a of Discord and he has to restart his computer. <laughs> oh yeah. I haven't played much uh Final Fantasy. I did seven like I played the original 7 right before the remake came out and I th- mm. I think I did a little bit of 12 when I was younger but I've just heard good things about 14
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah I've I've like I said I played 10 when I was pretty pretty young uh didn't beat it because I was very young and it does get kind of difficult mm-hmm. but uh yeah like I've always been into MMOs you know, played RuneScape when I was younger, okay. and then continued to play RuneScape as I got older. Then I started playing World of Warcraft, but I started playing and of BFA, started Shadowlands. Okay. And I don't know if you know much about the state of World of Warcraft, but when Shadowlands began... Well, BFA wasn't <laughs> great to begin with, but Shadowlands didn't do it any favors. Yeah. So I kind of fallen out of that after a couple months.
2: Everything
1: so was, going on with Activision Blizzard too, probably than yeah. Warcraft. <laughs> so I had stopped. Uh, Sterling's back. Oh, hey.
2: hey, we moved on. It's Final Fantasy podcast now.
1: So yeah, just to finish a thought, Jeremy. So yeah, so I stopped playing World of Warcraft in December. Okay, and then that spring, um, this was 2021. The spring of twenty twenty one I decided Oh, seem one of my friends is playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I'll give it a shot. I mean I don't really know Final Fantasy that well besides ten. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the whole like story goes together, but you know, I'll I'll give it a shot and yeah. <laughs> haven't <laughs> barely played a video game uh, another video game since.
2: So is like, it's like is now like are people able to like jump on now, like because I know there's so much DLC at this point.
1: So Physically, no, because yeah, they don't sell the game anywhere. Right, so that's, that's, <laughs> you know, you're successful when you have to stop selling yeah. the game because it's good, not because it's bad. Yeah, yeah. that's quite that's quite something. But the way they do it is like World of Warcraft. When you come in, they always put you like they have like a beginning area, uh, kind of like a tutorial part. But then you get put into whatever expansion you're on. So say you got Shadowlands. Mm-hmm. They would put you into the beginning of the Shadowlands expansion. With without giving any context context to all the expansions that come before it. Which makes it very difficult to understand the story unless you go watch a video that kind of summarizes it all. Okay. And but with Final Fantasy, they start you from uh 2.0 of Runway Born and they have you play through all of the expansions and all the DLC because uh, people like to describe Final Fantasy XIV as a JRPG first and an MMO second. So they have a lot of emphasis on the story mm-hmm. and delivering a cohesive narrative to you. And if they were to put you in at any point besides the very beginning, it won't, you know, none of it will fit together and none of it will be as gratifying or as uh, rewarding as it would be if you started from the very beginning. Okay. So as far as starting you can start like right now it's probably the best time to start because the blaze expansion finishes the storyline or the arc that was started in a Realm Reborn. born so it's kind of like you could start playing now and get the full story experience like it's, it would be like having like the whole season of a show able to be binged Just right now right away. rather than having to wait you know two years for the next part of it to come out right
2: you described it as a JRPG and an MMO, which, like, those two things are like, I don't have time for those genres.
1: <laughs> yeah. That is that is the one um, the one thing about Final Fantasy XIV. It, it does take, you know, the same probably amount of time would to go through maybe multiple JRPG games, um, or maybe some of the older ones if you do, like, all the bonus content uh, to get, you know, to get through all the story, because it is there is a lot of story there, uh, but it is quite a time commitment. And uh, but as the as the meme goes, they do give you a free trial up to Heaven's for, which means you can do you can the do first, the base, and the expansion with no kind of monetary uh, commitment. Which means once they get let you use the trial again, you know, once you know, once they let people get their game again, uh, you can, you know. Do those first two expansions at your own pace and not have to worry about oh if i don't do it within a month that means i have to pay another you know fifteen dollars which i think is probably a good way to get people to see if they like the story uh, but yeah. yeah it's it's uh yeah quite a game
0: i'm still in a have... in a realm reborn and like i like the game i like i do like ff14 and uh, this, like, I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't hear it from so many other people, but the story of Realm Reborn is so boring. <laughs> like, yeah, ev- no, Realm Reborn. Everyone keeps saying, like, oh, you have to get to, uh, what's it called? Shadow The next one. Storm? Heavensward. Heavensward, that's it. They're like, oh, wait till you get to the DLC. That's when the game, like, really gets good. And, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: I, I was still the exact same thing. I was like, I don't know, but I would actually say the the very end of A Realm Reborn, um, the last fat, patch five point or two point five five is the point where you're like, wow, OK, this this is good. I'm in. But up to that point, uh, I feel like there is there is a better way that you could do it because it is very much kind of establishing a lot of characters and a lot of kind of world building. And I don't think it's done in the best way to keep the person intrigued, but it is one of those things where it's it sucks when you have to say, "Oh, it gets better," but yeah, it it really does. (laughs) But it is unfortunate that a remi born can be that kind of uh, roadblock because yeah, it is quite it can be quite slow at times.
0: All right, we gotta get back on track. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for at least keeping it going while I fucking fix my computer. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about this because you know you can't get through a Souls game without talking about this and maybe it's just the game journalists in me but what are your guys thoughts on difficulty options within this game like should they be a thing should they should it not even be like a conversation
2: Jeremy what do you think um, I go back and forth with it, really. Yes, there should be better accessibility options for people who have vision problems <coughs> or anything such. But at the same time, we want to respect From Software's vision for the game. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <coughs> but, um,. Just seeing how much trouble people have with these games, I would be okay with something like, oh, you can't beat this boss after four or five tries. Okay, you can skip it now. Because, I mean, yes, From Software were originally known for their difficulty. Everybody knows, here's Dark Souls. And they're like, oh, those hard games. I don't want to play those. That's the thing, but I I,
0: f- I feel like that's such a miscon. Like, I, f- I feel like we ourselves, as fans of, like, Are putting people off from these games like oh they're so hard it's like it's not that they're hard it's just like you have to learn the game you just have to like Mm -hmm. get better and put time into it and that's the thing people like then people think oh i have to put a lot of time into it. it's like man you're not gonna put like 150 hours into this game like most playthroughs are like like 40 hours or something yeah which is like very
2: very normal for a game I heard it described, and I like this way it was described, is these are games you're not going to be good at at the beginning. Most other games, yeah. you're, you're fine. You're going to play The Last of Us. I know how to shoot guns in third person. going to play God of War. I know how to throw a Leviathan X. That's fine. I know how to race cars in racing games. But these games, intentionally, you have to learn to play them.
1: Yeah, I uh, very much agree. And it's, it is one of those discussions and one of those things that people often bring up. And it is this kind of weird... Like it's difficult to try to come to terms with what is the best way for the series because I I don't I don't want the game to be inaccessible to somebody, but I also would I would feel terrible if they experienced the game in a in a way that wasn't true to how the themes were meant to play out. So with the game being very. Um, <clears throat> like somber and dark and you're supposed to feel like you're not, you know, you're not supposed to feel strong. You're supposed to feel like weak and that anything is a big obstacle for you. And, you know, if the game was easier or if the game allowed you to beat the bosses on your first run, I feel you wouldn't get that same kind of journey or that same kind of progression. But like you said, Sterling, it's not that it's difficult. It's just that the bosses have very specific uh, mechanics or attacks that require you to learn and to adapt. And, you know, you will fail. But eventually, you know, you will overcome. But I do think Dark Souls 3 does a good job of combining um, that kind of uh, difficulty. Like, you have, you have like, the co-op option. So you can actually make it, you know, a bit easier on you if you so choose. And it's an optional thing that you can take. And... It kind of the way they do it, it almost seems like, you know, in your darkest hour you can call upon a spirit of another player or of an NPC to kind of help you through it. Which I feel could you know, can still play into the whole narrative and not really bring you out of it and not make you feel like, Oh, I nothing can stop me because you did need to call on somebody. Um but then it can also yeah, so you can have that lesser difficulty, but while keeping kind of vision that they had for the game
2: and kind of what i've seen from elden ring too they are kind of addressing more of those like you were talking about now they're going to have summons you can bring in at any time well not any time but where they're assigned and you're going (laughs) to have the the shrines of marika or whatever they're called like right at the bosses so you don't have that difficult run back so you can get a couple more tries in where as in, like, Dark Souls 3, you would have to be running all the way back to them.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's like some things about these games aren't even a difficulty thing, like dying and running back to a boss gate. It's like, it's not difficult. It's just annoying. Like, it's it's, it's, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. It's straight up. And, you know, I remember when I first played... Uh, when I first played Bloodborne, and, and, you know, the initial stretch of Yarnum, like the first street, Jeremy, where all the villagers are, like, oh, walking God. back and
2: forth. And... So many people's breaking point. right Well,
0: now. that's the thing. I kept dying, and I was frustrated. And, I, and I, my roommate Casey, I was like, "Yo, what the fuck, man!" And he's like, "Dude, just run past them." And I was like, "What?" Was, he's like, "Just run past them. Like, just <laughs> run to the next, the next uh,
2: lamp." I was like, "I will say that take like learning how to run through enemies is a skill you have <laughs> to develop in these games.
1: It is not something you." It's not something you do in other... Like, most of the time, you can take on any enemy you see, and it's encouraged that you kill all enemies you see in other games. But yeah, the first... When it finally clicks that you can run past some of these mobs of enemies, (laughs) it's a game-changer.
2: Well,
0: my thing has always been... I think there should be difficulty options, like, literally just something you could pick when you first start up, or maybe you're having too much difficulty, you can switch. And just have it so... You know, let's say there's just a regular mode and an easy mode. Just put it so at the start of the easy mode, just have, like, a little preface. Be like, hey, this is not the creator's original intention of how you should play this game. Like, we don't want to dissuade you from choosing this mode. But just know this is not from software's, like, original vision. And, like, we believe that playing on regular is... is how we want people to experience this game and again it shouldn't dissuade people from choosing said option or you know that's just my very basic rundown of what i think you know just a little preface i'm not saying it should be word for word like that or anything um (laughs) and you know i i don't even think something like my question wasn't even about accessibility options in terms of things like Visuals or, or so more uh, disabled people sh- can play this game because that should never be a discussion like that should always just be a thing somebody wants to play yep. this fucking game on a guitar hero guitar like f- Be my <laughs> guest man dance
1: dance revolution. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Oh, yes I saw that video killing the nameless king with a DDR pad.
2: I think I saw that was one, before I even there was one with like cups of water and he had like <laughs> ESD things or whatever, like voltage readers in the cups of water and use them as controllers. And I'm just like, people are crazy.
1: There's nothing more disheartening though when you have him being the Nameless King and then you see someone do it with some wacky (laughs) controller and you're like, what am I doing? Like, how come they can do it with like, how come this this girl can dance on a pad and kill (laughs) this boss that's just absolutely wrecking me every time I try? But I always love those controller videos. I've seen yeah, I've seen some for other games like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Dual Disc for uh, Final Fantasy XIV, and they are very entertaining, but they do make me feel like I'm bad at the game.
2: I am Also, going off the difficulty discussion, there was, I think there was a recent game that had like difficulty scalability. Like, if you were doing really well in the game, like a menu popped up and said, hey, you're doing really well, do you want to like make it a little more difficult? Mm-hmm. Or the opposite, if you're struggling and say, like, hey, do you want to lower the difficulty to get down this, get past this part? I think that would be great, too. Didn't one of the Resident Evil games do that? Was that it? I couldn't, I couldn't remember what no, Re-
0: it No, Resident Evil but games I, have this thing where it just does it for you. So, like, if you're picking up a lot of ammo in the game, then the game will just get harder. Like, bot, like mm. er, or enemies will have more health. They'll be more aggressive. Uh, But if, you know, if you get attacked a lot or if you're not picking up a lot of items, then it will get easier. Which is cool, in my opinion.
1: I, I do... F- yeah, I feel like dynamic difficulty uh, would probably be the best way. It would probably require I don't know if the tech is there, but if you could scale it so that no matter what kind of player' playing, they all have that same kind of like that same kind of um, experience where you know they're not they don't feel ultra powerful. They feel like they're you know th- it requires some effort, but it just isn't too much because obviously some people have different skill levels. And so, if someone who's really good at the game can feel the same kind of, um, yeah, that same kind of difficulty as someone who is pretty new to gaming or just isn't quite mechanically good at games, if they both can have that same experience while the lower diff- the lower skill player not being overwhelmed, I feel like that would probably be the best way to make the game, you know, make the game approachable, but not not have to, yeah, sacrifice the. Uh, that kind of theme or uh, of dark souls being you know you have to you have to overcome a challenge
0: yeah because you know the challenge is ingrained in the gameplay and, and sort of you know it's ba- mm-hmm. all three of us said like
2: that's why we enjoy the game
0: um jeremy what's your favorite area of the game
2: oh sorry i was saying um ashes the ashes ashes of area undelt the the just the frozen mm-hmm section of the game that castle and everything is just any snow level in a game just like is my automatic favorite. <laughs> From Software just knows how to like make a a frozen cathedral look so fun to be in.
0: Castle, Castle Kanehurst style?
2: Yeah. I love them. Frozen Outskirts and Dark Souls too. It's such it,
0: It's it's a weird sort of different kind of desolate, right? Like like, because, you know, all these games kind of are predicate on the fact of, uh, like, being kind of creepy and there being despair and stuff. But there's something, like, freaky about just, like, this hellscape of ice and snow. Yeah. Like like, been... like you said about the Castle of Cainhurst because it's, like, it, it, I guess it's, like, a different kind of death,
2: right? Yeah, it just, it, it feels, ah, what's the word I'm looking for, like, serene but at the same time haunting. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, it's like almost beautiful in a sense. Uh, Eric, what's your favorite build in the game? I think, I think we all said we all go beef, beefy boys. We don't really play magic.
1: Uh, actually... No, I was just, uh, I was just telling Jeremy when, when we were on the little break there. I, I actually go with, uh, Dex. I'm kind of, I'm kind of the hated <laughs> one of the, uh, the in the community. But I, uh...
2: load is tied to your strength. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. Well, I'm. Uh, I'm sure I'll. I'll be adapt, But I, uh, if I can have a spear, I'll be fine. Yeah. Cause, yeah, I. Uh, I started out with the katana you get right beside the Firelink Shrine from that one naked dude. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh, look, this seems cool. So I, Dex was what gave it. You know, would improve its attack. So I was like, all right, I'll go Dex. And then, uh, when I, when I, uh, I think it was. I think it was after you killed the Amos King that you get the Dragon uh, Slayer Spear. Or I forget if it was before or after, but at whatever point in the game you get the spear, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, it's a golden spear. Like, I got to try this out. And after that point, then it was all spears for me. Uh, and so, yeah, so decks all the way, which kind of puts me in the minority, but I enjoy it
2: uh jeremy i know we're we're big strength boys but what do you typically like to to use yeah we're beefy boys i I like using the (laughs) i'm a i'm a great sword guy i'll use any sort of great sword the last Mm -hmm. playthrough i did before this one i used the fume ultra great sword and just smashed everything i could (laughs) and then if i wanted to go a little faster i might have used like the butcher knife but yeah always strength i tried doing um i always try to do magic Mm-hmm. But and everybody's like, Oh, the magic is just OP in souls, but I'm always too aggressive with magic. Like I still wanna attack. And yeah. I, I usually just get frustrated and start over with the strength build again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh I I always like big great hammers, like the big clubs and Oh yeah. And uh I think it's like Fort's Great Hammer and stuff, it's sick. I remember um This was during my first playthrough and uh, I was playing through the game with like Nate and Casey and uh, we like invaded each other's worlds and we all fought and I kept winning because of the fact that like I just put all my skill points in the strength and my health. That like my health bar was like three quarters of the way across my screen, oh, God. and then I hit Casey like <laughs> twice and he died. And he came, he literally walked across the house because we lived together and came into my room and he's like, "Yo, what the fuck, man?" <laughs> and then he looked at my screen and he's like, "Why do you have so much health?" And then I I walked over to his room. And I was like, "Why do you have so little health?" Because he's like, "I dodge everything." I was like, "Clearly not. You're not dodging You <laughs> Can't
1: dodge my <mine>, ever.
0: <laughs> but you know, you can just tank your way through because. Uh, because I, I played Bloodborne first, I never got used to, like, even when I play now, I usually don't use a shield. Like, I, I just roll through everything because I'm not used to blocking. Like, blocking isn't a thing for me, and I'm used to having the gun, not actually physically parrying some, something.
2: I think, uh, Dark Souls 1 is a little more reliant on the shield, where I think, um, Dark Souls 3 did go the route where they wanted to be, like, more focused on fast movement and dodging.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and as usual with these games, what's everyone's favorite boss fight?
1: Uh, You want to go first, Jeremy?
2: Um, yeah, I think we were talking on the break about this too. Uh, it has to be the sister Freed fight. Yeah, 100%. Just the, the whole atmosphere, like walking in, like she walks in behind you and with her scythe dragging on the ground and then you beat, you beat just her. And then you're fighting both her and Father Ariandel. You just his scream, like, just intensifies the fight with the music. And then you beat them. and <laughs> You're fighting Dark Flame Freed, who's got magic black fire now. So it's just having such an endurance fight at the end of a DLC was just the icing on the cake of a great game. For yeah,
1: me. every everything. Yeah, like you said, the her coming in with the siphon even her whole kind of persona beforehand like you know she's kind of she has that kind of nun look to her so y- you you always kind of i always kind of assumed she wasn't going to be you know uh like she's gonna be an npc but she wasn't gonna be someone you fought i always thought you know yeah you'd fight the father because he looks like someone you'd fight um and but yeah when you come down you see him like yeah over over that big kind of um pot or bowl he has and he has like the kind of like whipping himself, kind of deal, and then she walks in behind you. And you're like, "Oh, like this is gonna be a fight." And yeah,
2: and even even the lore behind yeah. it too. Just like knowing that yeah. they're keeping this painting from being lit, they're letting it mm-hmm. rot because they don't want things to change. Like you're there and you're unwanted. Yeah,
1: it's very much on theme with the base game where you know people they don't want to light the fire. They they don't want to continue. And it's kind of with the painting. It's they don't want to let go of what they have and they don't want and they want to hold on to it even though it's rotting even though everybody isn't in, in a good state because yeah you have this rock going on like all this you know it's it's your classic you know Dark Souls world where it's you know, very despair like full of despair but they don't mm-hmm. yeah Sister Free doesn't want it to happen so she's keeping you know the Father Aaron Dow in, in this basement mm-hmm. essentially and even like beforehand like when you talk to her yeah she's like you know go back like here I, f- I forget what she gives you but she gives you something at
2: she she gives you the, the right flash
1: she's light. like here have a ring go home <laughs> like you you want loot I'll give you some loot you can go home and not worry about anything and then but the thing that I liked most about her was um when she would kill you she would tell like she would tell you like return from whence you came because for that is like place <laughs> of belonging I think was the line and I've never had mm. i have never had a boss taught me like I uh, to her story right she wants you to return home but for me it felt like she was telling me oh yeah you can't beat me give up kind of deal I was like oh no <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing that <laughs> and but yeah the endurance fight like soul cinder had two two phases where they're full health bars right but this was like the only one that was a full-on like three 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 boss fights in one and it, yeah it was it was a fight and i I very much enjoyed it
0: I always like that. Uh, I, this is probably a super basic answer, and I don't remember the name, so I apologize. But the one where, like, I think the sister like crawled up on the guy's back.
2: No, that's the. Um, oh, uh, Lothric. Is,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I always found that super cool, and it was kind of creepy, like how she just kind of clawed to him, and and didn't he, didn't she like revive him? Yeah. If he didn't kill her first or something.
1: Yeah, and their story is quite interesting um, because Lothric one in the back is the is the supposedly supposed to be the lord of cinder and then uh his brother that he climbs in the back of was this like great champion and i think lothric was always kind of like weaker mm-hmm. but then uh sickly. yeah yeah sickly but then her, his brother always kind of was the guardian for him and then his brother ended up yeah becoming crippled like he is there and so then they kind of became like a single unit, like they depended on each other. I always thought that was quite, uh, quite a compelling kind of uh, boss idea.
2: I read a, or, a fan theory on Reddit the other day. It was just the most ridiculous fan theory. It was that Lothric wouldn't light the flame because he was scared of heights. <laughs> and they're like, he he probably at some point fell down all the stairs at the like right before he entered his chambers. He probably fell down the stairs and. Now he just doesn't want to light it because he's scared of heights and uh, the kiln's What's on a the stay hill. in his room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going off that.
2: But that, that fight's one that always gets me. Like, I'm always too aggressive and Lothric or Lorian always just s- snipe me.
1: Yeah. That was the one. So uh, when I was, you know, going for the 100%, you have to get all the medallions mm-hmm. for each of the um, covenants. And when I was going for the uh, Sun Bros one, uh, I I I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, I, I'm not really too big into like player versus p- player fighting, but I do I do like playing with other people, and so being able to do being able to become like a Sun Bro and join in people's fights, that was very fun. And I would like dress up as like you know Solair and do the whole like thing, and it was always a great time. But I always liked it when people had Lothric because that was just a fun fight to do with other people. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's, he would probably be like non-DLC, probably my favorite fight. Um, because I just, yeah, I'm a big fan of the story behind it and and the fight itself is, uh, pretty fun. uh, Um, yeah. Hey, wait, what
2: did, did, did Eric say his? Yeah, did yeah, Sister yeah, Freed
0: as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, if there's anything left unsaid cuz I know this game is is really special to both you guys, so
2: I'm always a stand like play Dark Souls 1 before you play Dark Souls 3 because you'll appreciate it so much more just knowing the not only the lore but like seeing all the things they brought over to Dark Souls 3 from Dark Souls 1. But honestly, just, just play Souls games. They're great. Don't let the, the talk about the difficulty get to you. If you're having trouble, you, you have several options, like just watching a guide can be immensely helpful, or finding a friend. I know the all From Software subreddits are just people wanting to help other people get into the series, The just play From games. And not only that, just just have fun with them they're they're great games and I'm, I'm sad that they're known mostly for their difficulty if anything these are games with top tier design and enemy design music atmosphere you name it these games they're, are just they're fantastic.
0: like they are masterpieces like literally there is no aspect of them that is subpar like you said <laughs> music world design lore enemies
2: it's insane <laughs> There's a reason Elden Ring has been voted most anticipated game two days, two years in a row. <laughs> These It comes out uh, in February, right? February 25th.
0: Hell yeah, brother. Oh man, 25th. That's so close to Triangle <laughs> Strategy Sheesh. and Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. 20 <laughs> tw- like uh, before we keep going 2022 is going to be
2: stacked. I I got to get it. I only have a base Xbox right now, so I'm just like I, I want a PS5, but I don't have money for a PS5, and I get, even if yeah. I did, it'd be like trying to find one.
0: But just on, like, every aspect, like, even Nintendo has a stacked year. Breath of the Wild, like, Splatoon. Mm-hmm.
1: Crazy. Anyway.
0: Question <laughs> <laughs> Eric, is there anything else you want to Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of
1: jump it off what Jim was saying. I, I do find it is a shame that Dark Souls is known like, when they say, oh, it's, like, the Dark Souls of. And usually it's when it comes to difficulty. But difficulty, like I said, like, it's a very... It's it's an aspect of the theme of the game. But there's so much more to it, like Jeremy was saying. And yeah, it is it is something that I feel, you know, whether, whether or not... Like, I... My experience was, you know, only Dark Souls 3. So, obviously, I can't attest to um, you know, playing Dark Souls 1 before doing it. But even with Dark Souls 3, you know, it—it it, it's a bit more faster paced, which maybe some people might be more akin to. You do have the co-op summons and you do have the NPC summons. So for people who are maybe like newer to newer to the series, would maybe have a easier time since they do have that um, kind of uh, help that they can bring in if need be. But, I mean, that's the thing. Um, I forget if it was during, on the break or uh, during the show itself. Where Jeremy was saying, your first From Software game is most likely going to be your favorite. And so, you know, whichever one really speaks to the person more, whether it's the theme or some of what the game's drawn off of, like Dark Souls 3, you know, it's dark fantasy, very kind of despair, very depressing, but Bloodborne has the kind of, um, you know, the uh, Lovecraftian esque, or even with Sekiro, with the more kind of uh, samurai. Uh, kind of uh uh inspiration but honestly i would just you know <laughs> just try it from a from software game and even if it's not you know even if you don't like it the first time like i didn't like dark souls 3 the first time but i feel like a from software game sometimes you play it when the time is right you'll play it and then it will be the best thing ever and uh which i find is kind of a bit magical about these games not to you know get all you know get all sentimental about it but i i just find they there's something special about them and uh, you know i i always want people to at least experience it in some form because it is quite a uh quite an experience
0: no you gotta get sentimental man that's what the show's I, yeah. all about
1: yeah yeah i guess bring so, out yeah. the
0: tears baby it drives <laughs> I call it, views. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about content here
1: <laughs> but yeah, and uh, one thing I'll also say is, the I don't think I don't think there is something quite as geniusly designed as the bonfires in Dark Souls. Like for the whole bonfire concept, like it, it is so comforting when you actually see one that it's unlit that you haven't found yet, because you're you're in these areas where any you go around the corner and you might die, and when you finally go around a corner and see somewhere you can actually stop and not die. Is such a comfort, and I—I I always finally did. I mean, Dark Souls three. I can't test the other games, but Dark Souls three does bonfires so well, and I—I I always love that about the exploration part of the game, where you—you're so scared about what you're going to find around the corner because you don't know what's going to happen. But then when you see something that isn't, you know, isn't something that's going to kill you, and it's something that is actually a benefit to yeah, you. It's, yeah, it's—it's it's, it's such a good. It's feeling. just
0: masterfully crafted. And and definitely like the lamps in Bloodborne are the exact same way.
2: <laughs> it is so special. Mm-hmm. It... Oh yeah. yeah. Even deep There's details in the bonfire too because bon bone fire fire. You can see bones right. at the like, bottom <laughs> of the fire. I'm just like, yo, what the little yeah. details. In when they yeah. did
0: the Sora reveal in Smash, the first thing I thought was I was gonna be dark because it had the bonfire thing. <laughs>
2: and oh I was like, yes. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm like one of the only people I see on Twitter be like, bring in Artorias. I mean, it's Japanese developer, great history. I mean, iconic. developer. Watch uh, Sakai be like, Dark, yeah. Dark Souls is too easy Why for not? me. Play a real game. <laughs> I feel like they like if if they do another Smash Bros, they're gonna just go back to that scene and somebody's gonna <laughs> walk out of the bottom. Well,
0: that's the thing. Like, that's what they did with. Um, king k rule and, and banjo kazooies they recreated the same like the same trailer right yeah which was so cool yeah. so yeah i definitely hope they do that that'd be sick um i think you guys really covered it for everything about this game for, again for me i i'm gonna say the exact same things i i think some people some fans like do this game a disservice by like just going on about how hard it is it's not really about the difficulty it's I feel like you're keeping people away from constantly talking about how hard it is. Like it's it's just about knowing the game and putting a little bit of time into learning it. That doesn't mean you're going to spend hundreds of hours trying to get good or or beat a boss. Like that's the thing about these games is is they're not unfair. Like they're never unfair. Yeah. It it it's always meticulously crafted and they know what they're doing and Sure, some things may be more hard than others, like God knows fighting two bosses at once is harder than one, but you know, there's always a way to do it.
1: Um it reminds, and, you reminds know, me of the Abyss Watchers. I yeah actually exactly. when I first when I first fought them, I uh there's one, you know, they fight each other or there's one that fights the other two. And I just, uh, <laughs> I would just, I would just hang around away from them and wait for them to get everyone down to low health, and then come in at the end and finish them off.
0: What a like creepy boss fight, like you know, just like the the glowing red eyes mm-hmm. and stuff, and it's so good. Um, but yeah, these this game has led to a lot of cool memories, and I'll, I'll never forget the days of playing it with Nate and Casey back in college, and just you know really getting to because you know these games in my mind are very single player oriented and and um crafted in that way so it was nice just to explore with other people and kind of be guided in that sense but
2: that's one of my favorite things to do too is just like i have had probably five or six people i've tried to encourage get through these games and once if they when i see them stick with it and they're like i'm so glad you like helped me through that. It was such a great mm-hmm. experience.
0: And and seeing people enjoy them nowadays, like, uh, just, you know, seeing, seeing other people play these games for the first time, even nowadays is, is mm-hmm. really cool.
2: You're, you're kind of jealous of them because you're like, right. You yeah. Experience that all it, over again.
0: <laughs> that, that's honestly part of why I haven't played dark souls two yet. Cause it's like, you know, the one game I haven't quite played yet. Mm-hmm. It's, uh,
2: yeah, I, I still need that with demon souls. I'm just like, I need to experience exactly. that. I need to see where yeah, I like I'm. Both it.
1: looking forward and regretting when I'll finally be able to play Bloodborne and finish it because the anticipation of it is great. But I'm not going to. I, I'll. I'll probably wish I could play it again for the first time, just like with Dark Souls Three, because yeah. it, it. It is a it, it like one very much down my alley. It. Uh, I
0: said it in the Bloodborne. Like I think nowadays, like, I think Bloodborne is the greatest game of all time. Like, it is it is so, so good, so perfect, and Eric, I cannot wait for you to play it, like, so bad. (laughs) Um, But thank you guys, thanks for joining me this time for this episode. I I know you both really wanted to do this and talk about it. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm glad.
1: (laughs) Jeremy won't go uncredited in this episode, hopefully. Yeah.
2: Well, hold I don't want to jinx
0: it.
1: Let's <laughs> let's get it to you first,
2: Sterling.
0: It's gonna be like ten minutes after we get off the call, and he's gonna be like, yeah, "My audio's corrupted." Yo, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's dis dispace. Um,
0: uh, Eric, where can people find you? I guess do you have anything that you want to play? Um,
1: nothing really. I mean, sometimes I do a old school Runescape podcast with Carl. It's a carefree old school Runescape really? podcast. Yeah, really?
0: Yeah. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, we, we do
1: it every once in a while. Um, kind of it used to be a bit more scheduled but yeah two friends of ours we like to get on and chat about what's going on with the game
0: that game is so resilient it's yeah and I yeah
1: love it. 20 20 years this year is uh how long the runescape's been up for
0: i uh i always think about going back to it and i, I don't know why i never do it's so grindy man it's so grindy. yeah it is
1: so grindy <laughs> but it's
0: it's hope- fun and it's nostalgic
1: yeah yeah exactly so I, yeah, uh, but other than that, I mean, I uh, I'm too busy playing video games to do anything else in the gaming community. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's about it.
0: Well, I'll, I'll have you back if we ever do a Final Fantasy XIV episode.
1: Oh yes, I I could talk your ear off with that game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just need to play more, man, and then then we'll do it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get a Heaven's Word, wait, wait for Heaven's Word. <laughs> yes, they always say. <laughs>
0: i'm close i think i'm pretty close to getting there it's just i haven't played since the summer and Mm -hmm. i have i have so much going on right now like i've once people start telling you to review things and they'll actually pay you some money for it it's like a
2: bit more
1: incentive yeah well right now it's quite it's quite hectic with the queues because it's like several hour queues most days if you're going during peak times so if if you're not playing now it's probably a good time to just you know wait a bit and obviously people who haven't played it, haven't started it yet, can't because they can't even buy the game right now. But it, it's when, so, when the time comes, it'll be good.
0: It's so cool though, like being, because you feel like you're a part of something when like you're playing yeah. at such a special time. Like I remember I started playing again when the meme got really big of like, have you tried the Final Fantasy, the expansion thing? Like you get yeah. free, like when that became big a couple months ago. And, like, the player base just exploded and stuff. And it's like there's so much people walking around. And it's so cool because, like, the way I've experienced most MMOs is, like, in the after years when mm-hmm. when support has stopped or when player count has, like, majorly dropped and stuff like that. Which, that in itself is kind of a novelty too, but well, I'm rambling. Jeremy, where can people <laughs> find you?
2: <laughs> I'm just on Twitter at Jeremy at Avastora. I don't Tweet much? I'm too busy. But when I do, it's always about From Software. So hell yeah. <laughs> but all that Elden Ring hype right now. Uh, I know
0: this is a dumb question, but day one buy for you? Oh yeah, <laughs> I got the
2: collector's edition. Pretty oh hard. hell
0: yeah, man! I, every time so, they they so bring I, up the collector's
2: edition, I, I just want the Triangle Strategy Collector's Edition so bad. <laughs> I I gotta figure out where it's gonna go in my display case because I got. <laughs> Too much Dark Souls. Stuff. <laughs> um, Here's
1: how much Potboy merch is going to be made. Yeah.
0: But yeah, thank you guys very much. I, awesome. I appreciate both of you immensely.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, no thanks thanks for doing no this, putting it together. I always <laughs> love talking about the game, so. <laughs> nice uh, uh, to have a platform.
0: Y'all can find me on Twitter at Silver Sterling. You can check out my articles on RetroWare and Jump Cut Play, and check out the other podcast. I'm a part of the simply anime podcast as usual. I've been your host. Uh, I hope everyone has a good holidays, even though this is definitely coming out after in the new year, <laughs> but I hope you two have good holidays, man. Jeremy, I hope you get some time off. God damn.
2: Oh, I get three. Damn. Days. <laughs> Royalty.
1: <laughs> Christmas miracle.
0: Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to play dark souls. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Now I am because I'm halfway through the game. <laughs> Eric, final thing got to say you just gotta get a place
0: and you gotta play Bloodborne, man. Yeah. Don't wait. Well, don't wait for the PC. It's it's. I I don't know. I feel like if it was coming at be here. Hit.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm I'm holding out hope. I will definitely let you know though when I play Final Fantasy VII remake because listening to your uh, podcast on it, I was like I need to play this game and now that's coming to PC. I'm very excited.
0: It's so good. I'll, uh... But yeah, thanks guys. I'll, I'll talk to you again soon.